Hi, this is Lisa. And Isa. Welcome to Internet Aesthetic. We talk about the internet, aesthetics, culture, and media. We are two Vietnamese-American women who live in a society, and we're here to analyze it. Grab a snack and hang out with us. Today, we're talking about cottagecore. Yeah. I, I'm personally super excited about this episode. I've been wanting to talk about cottagecore for a while, but I think we wanted to do this episode justice because mm-hmm. it has such a special place in our heart. Yeah, we were planning on doing it during season one, but we were kind of a mess in season one. <laughs> <laughs> we feel ready now. Yeah. Cottage Core deserves our better mics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. What is Cottage Core? <laughs> yeah, so Cottage Core is one of the um, many internet aesthetics or like subcultures on the internet. I saw this quote that is by Marion Park, um, a strategist at the trend forecasting agency WGSN, that says, what's important to note about the abundance of microcores is the greater movement in youth culture towards niche aesthetics and subcultures. And like we talked about this in the Vaporwave episode probably, um, or some other episode, but I think Gen Z in particular really likes to experiment with their identity and really like try and nail down who they are um and so Mm -hmm. they're like trying out all these different aesthetics and giving names to all these different aesthetics um and cottagecore is one of them yeah and we also kind of touched on cottagecore in our food cores episode Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of the food cores that we talked about then are like sub cores of cottage core so this yeah. is i guess the parent core of <laughs> the food cores at least a majority of them the parent cores of the child cores <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah it's it's been developing since the 2010s and like a lot of articles that i was reading said that it was named as an aesthetic in 2018 on tumblr but it really exploded into popularity in 2020, particularly as a result of the pandemic and the resulting quarantine that had us finding refuge in a more idyllic and peaceful way of life. It romanticizes and is nostalgic of like a Western agricultural way of life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were like forced to stay home and there's not a lot to do. And like cottagecore really like allows people to romanticize being at home and doing their chores, baking their bread, and passing time with, like, crafts and puzzles. It's, like, a way to escape. I realize, like, a lot of the things that we cover are, like, reactions to disgruntlement with our current (laughs) urban-slash-pandemic-bound life. Yeah. Like, astrology. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, sorry, continue. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, I think... We talked about this, like, in our millennial episode about how um, millennials are trying to, like, find control or, like, create some sense of control over their life. And so cottagecore is a way to do that. It's just, like, one of the many different aesthetic ways to, like, exert control over your life. Mm -hmm. So I guess, like, what what are some things that kind of define cottagecore then yeah on the the wiki they put like baking self-sufficiency caring for people um things that like i think of are like pastoral fields or flowers long dresses picnics cows animal crossing because like (laughs) that's really where i think 
I mean, I've seen pictures of it on Tumblr, but I don't think I ever thought of it as an aesthetic until Animal Crossing. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, and I'm all about it. <laughs> but it's just like kind of being surrounded by nature. Mm-hmm. But what do you think of? Yeah, pretty much the same thing. I think about, of course, like a cute cottage in the sunny countryside. And it's kind of like every like vignette and activity that's associated with that. So it's mm-hmm. like wearing a flowy linen clothing as you frolic to a field. And then you have a <laughs> picnic eating bread and jam that you kind of made yourself. Yeah. I guess this is like a more frivolous picture of cottagecore. <clears throat> I know it kind of runs deeper than that. Like like you mentioned, kind of being broadly like self-sufficient and sustainable and living really closely to nature and away from urban life. But yeah, yeah, very, very similar to what you were thinking, too. Yeah, I mean, I think what I've learned doing all this research about cottagecore is that it is like escapist and idealistic. But I think that's okay for what it is. Like, it's just like kind of like a dream, you know, Yeah. like a little fantasy that you have for yourself to get you through the day. (laughs) Yeah. So it doesn't need to be, like, realistic. Um, You know, you don't need to think about all the animal poop that's on the farm or whatever. You know, like, all those things don't exist. You don't need to think about how hard it would be to grow vegetables and, like, you know, how you'd be, like, one bad season away from, like, starving or whatever. You can just think happy thoughts. Happy thoughts. Happy cows. Yeah. I Like, there are some quotes that were like, oh, kajkor is a state of mind more so than a style of dress or a purchasable product, which I thought was interesting. Huh. Um, just because I feel like now it is kind of a style of dress or a purchasable product. Like, you can buy yeah. things to be cottagecore. But I get it. Like, at the end of the day, when I think of cottagecore and if I were to, like, not spend money doing cottagecore things I would like you know go out with my friends and like eat brunch that feels kind of cottagecore it's like self-care again (laughs) another episode that we've done all roads lead back to cottagecore (laughs) (laughs) so what so where did cottagecore come from what I thought was really interesting was I mean I thought that cottagecore is a very recent movement but as Mm -hmm. we kind of dug into the, the history of it like, of course, there have been many, like, similar, like, cultural trends, like, throughout history. Yeah. Um, like, cottagecore. I mean, just in recent history, like, we saw the transcendentalism movement, which is that, mm-hmm. you know, philosophical movement that rejected, quote-unquote, society and kind of idolized nature in its purest form. So the most famous transcendentalists were, like, Ralph Waldo Emerson, Henry David Thoreau. And they would, you know, write all these books about how you should just, you know, go to a cabin in the woods and just enjoy life there when, you know, ironically, like, they were still going back to society to get their clothes washed, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, so, like, this this cycle of massive urbanization and then this return to nature, like, that's been happening for a long time. It's almost as human as can be. And, yeah, it, it runs even further in history so yeah I guess like what what are some of the earliest precedences of cottagecore? Yeah cottagecore 
is like the the modern iteration of like this trend of like you know this cycle of urbanization and then pushing back and returning to nature Mm -hmm. i wrote that it's like the grass is always greener in like (laughs) (laughs) in like a person's mind you're like oh i wish i could like go to the mountains or like go back to nature there's a JSTOR article that says Cottagecore debuted 2,300 years ago. So <laughs> I'd say that's probably where, I mean, I'm sure it started even even earlier than that. But, yeah, you know, like it says that people have been nostalgic for a simpler way of life, um, an escapist and aspirational paradise in the woods or fields for 2,300 years. And then some examples that, the, art, the article had was like in ancient Greece um, in the city of Alexandria in reaction to the corruption of the city way of life they began to become nostalgic for like a simpler way of life and idealized this um, region called Arcadia which they had originally dismissed as like a more primitive place but like because the city was I think they described it as like disease ridden and filthy they just wanted to go back to like nature mm-hmm. um there was a Sicilian poet named Theocritus. He would like write poems idealizing shepherds frolicking in nature and having poetry contests or like modern day rap battles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like what was interesting to me about this is that like in idealizing them, he removed them from the actual context that they lived in or like the reality that they lived in. So, like, the shepherds in his poem were, like, more intellectual and focused on their poetry than they were in, like, being a shepherd or, like, <laughs> or like focusing on their sheep. And, like, it was, it was interesting because, like, his target audience was the educated urban class who wanted to escape the countryside while preserving their own refinement. Um, it was, like, his poems were far removed from the harsh reality of pastoral life in all times and places. Yeah, no, it was just elitist even back then. I was just going to say, like, that's exactly my criticism of God <laughs> now. But I'll let you continue. We can touch on that later. Yeah, but, like, romanticism was, like, an influence on cottage court, And that was a response to, like, the Enlightenment and French Revolution of 1789. Um, the 19th century arts and crafts movement was a response to the Industrial Revolution. So, like, there's just always been a nostalgia for, like the past this idealized simpler time Mm -hmm. that we think would have been better no i think especially romanticism that's a lot of the the style and aesthetic from then i can see like very clearly today too Mm -hmm. it really is so consistent like all throughout the history of of humankind (laughs) like (laughs) as soon as we figure out like an interesting way to like move society forward and like modernize quote-unquote like there's just so many issues and it gets complicated and then people are like oh, we regret it all but then it somehow keeps moving forward yeah know. it's like that meme that's like um put it back <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> Where it's like yeah. oh, because that fish stepped out of the water i now have to pay taxes <laughs> yeah why do we love cottagecore? Why do you love cottagecore, Yusa? When I think about the aesthetic I've always wanted since high school, like I actually mm-hmm. looked back at my Tumblr archives from like 2011 or whatever, 
And I would say that Cottagecore describes it best. Like there's this mm-hmm. kind of ethereal innocence, this adoration of nature and softness that I've always liked. I mean, because just growing up, I enjoyed like presenting as like being really feminine and stuff like that. And so yeah. I thought, okay, this is, I'm channeling this, like my, you know, Tumblr background is going to be ballet pink and I'm just going to reblog all of these <laughs> like beautiful castles and cottages and nature. Yeah. And yeah, like I, I think what I really like about modern day cottagecore or cottagecore as I know it today is, I mean, from um, the YouTube video that you shared with me, the paradox of cottagecore rejecting hustle culture. I think what I, what I really liked about that YouTube video is that they said you can lean into it as an aesthetic but you won't be accused of like being a fraud I feel like Mm -hmm. compared to other like aesthetics like you don't have to go completely tech free and only use natural products to experience cottagecore like you said it's it's more of a mindset and Mm -hmm. you can there are just so many different variations of cottagecore I've seen it done by people all over the world and yeah, you can just have a cute picnic and wear flowing dresses and boom, you're cottagecore. So yeah. I think it's also a pretty accessible aesthetic, like, you know, on the surface. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like you're right, it does feel like escapism and it does feel frivolous. And I kind of like that. Yeah. And I think the YouTube video, they described it best. They said that it's escape from capitalist discontent. It's like, it feels really nice because, you know, in these like bucolic scenes, racism and war and like our crumbling public transit system and just everything that's <laughs> wrong with our society it doesn't exist and so I guess if I were to articulate like why I like it that is why um besides yeah. just oh yeah it's pretty <laughs> <laughs> yeah why why do you like cottage core Lisa yeah actually it's a it's infrastructure week this yeah. week in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> but yeah no now that I think about it I feel like you've been like very consistent aesthetic wise since I've known you. <laughs> I know. Maybe I have to do some soul searching of why that is. But <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I I wanted to be... I remember, like, in high school, I was like, oh, I want to be, like, um, cotton candy punk. And, like, all this shit. I was like, I want to be tough. But, yeah, now I think I, like, I really... I do really enjoy the aesthetic. Like, I have also embraced my femininity, I think. I do also want to wear dresses, like long dresses that like twirl really nice and just like prance through a forest. (laughs) Um, But yeah, for me, it's like pretty escapist as well. Like I like the idea of just dropping everything and disappearing into the woods, never to be seen or heard from again. (laughs) And like as part of my escapist fantasy, I'm just like in a cottage, in a forest, you know, surrounded by like forest animals like snow white yeah doing my puzzles or knitting by a fire or baking bread or whatever and like i wouldn't have to worry about pay paying bills or like doing my taxes which i just <laughs> i finally did them yesterday oh good for you lisa <laughs> yeah but like in practice in my modern life a more practical application of cottagecore for me is more about like enjoying the small and simple things that come along day to day, even if I can't necessarily live the aesthetic. Mm. Um, you know, like I try to like step out into the sun 
every once in a while, every few days, you know, instead of being a hermit inside of my house, you know, like I'm trying to like get back into nature and like be with my friends now that like we're vaccinated and like I can hang out safely, mm-hmm. you know, and like I have really come to love flowers. Like I used to think that they were just stupid <laughs> because they just died eventually. I was like, why would anybody give anybody flowers? And now I'm like, everybody give me flowers. I want flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do I, how do I get flowers? <laughs> but yeah, like I just, I really enjoy the color and life they bring. Yeah. And then um, something that I was thought that I thought was interesting is like cottagecore also has like a strong community aspect. Like I, I don't think that I'm necessarily like a part of the community. Like I don't take part. I just enjoy visually. <laughs> But yeah, it was just interesting to me the irony of like cottagecore being about like escaping from modern life, but it is primarily all digital. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, at this point in my life, I am desperate for peace and a sense of well-being. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I feel like cottagecore gives me that. I think so. It's just such. The, the color palettes, even, are just so peaceful. Yeah. It's so warm and cozy. It's like, it's like a hug and an aesthetic. Yes. So, even though we love cottagecore mm-hmm. and, you know, incorporate a lot of its, I guess, tenants in our, mm-hmm. our everyday life, we recognize cottagecore has a lot of controversies associated with it. And yeah. it could be problematic in some ways. So... Your fave is problematic. <laughs> <laughs> My fave is problematic, yeah. For me, I mean, you touched on this earlier, but one of my biggest gripes with Codgecore is that, as of right now, it's mm-hmm. it's an aesthetic that lives online. And the thing is, people who actually live a Codgecore lifestyle, like people who actually live in you know fields and are very self-sufficient, like they tend to be people who are very poor and have to work very arduous jobs. Like picking fruits and living in rural areas is not as romantic as, you know, we make it seem. Like we have Mm -hmm. the comforts of modern society and we can choose to, you know, go back into nature and be self-sufficient when we want to. But the reality is the vast majority of people actually live true cottage core. Like it's it's a very hard life. And so I mean, I don't know if this is like necessarily problematic, but there is something to be said about how we can kind of pick and choose the prettiest parts yeah, and like apply that ethos of, you know, slow living, being close to nature, you know, being creative with natural products. Yeah. And like we can apply it to our own lives, but the, the full picture is not easy breezy, like at all. Yeah. There's a difference between like picking a basket full of apples because, you know, you want to have an apple pie that day versus, you know, picking apples because... You need to get paid and survive. Exactly. Yeah. And like realistically, that's just how like our food system is built in the US. Like I don't know (laughs) very many people who can just like wander into an apple orchard like in their backyard and Mm -hmm. pick fresh apples. Yeah. So yeah. And like I think one of my favorite content creators on YouTube, Mm -hmm. her name is Lizzie Chi. So she Mm -hmm. is a... Chinese YouTuber 
and she lives just the most beautiful aesthetic life in a very rural Chinese village. And she has millions of subscribers because people are just in awe of like her slow living. Like she's mm -hmm. super resourceful. She literally makes everything in her home from her bed frame to like her tools. And she goes out into her, uh, I guess the wilderness near her village to pick all of the and forage all the foods that she needs to eat and then yeah. she makes everything from scratch like to make oil she'll grow like you know corn or whatever and make oil that way and so yeah. people like love watching her content because it's first off very aesthetically shot like she's mm -hmm. a very talented content creator and it just looks like it makes this life look so easy but yeah. my friend who's you know from china said like the reality is People who actually live in this village, like her neighbors, I'm sure, they're very, very, very poor and like probably impoverished. And this is very hard labor. Like she is a young, like beautiful, like fit woman. Mm -hmm. And yet like she, she is able to go out and like live this lifestyle comfortably. Whereas, I mean, I'm sure a lot of her neighbors like break their backs over this stuff. And so like what's interesting is that Lizzie Chi, she is originally from a big city. And so she went back to her roots to live with her grandma to help out her grandma that way. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like very emblematic of like cottagecore to me. Just because mm -hmm. she's – but yeah, anyway. So like I guess like my gripe with that is people – it's like it's fun to romanticize it. But like yeah. ultimately it's not – it can be insensitive, I guess. Yeah, I've seen – I think I've seen like TikToks of her and – like, she doesn't make it look really easy, but I'm sure, like, you know, she's editing out how long it takes to do all of that stuff. Like, I feel like, part, part, like when I think of cottagecore, I'm, like, churning butter or something. <laughs> I don't know. And it's, like, in your head, you're like, oh, yeah, that would be, like, so fun and easy. But no, like, it's hours of work. Yeah, yeah. What are some, like, controversies and criticisms you've heard around cottagecore? I guess we can also talk about the strawberry dress controversy oh yeah yeah so the strawberry dress by lyrica matoshi it became like super popular i think during be the beginning of quarantine like it just like exploded into popularity along with cottagecore because it like okay i don't really understand it because to me that dress is like so flashy and pink <laughs> And saturated, like it doesn't fit into like the warm yellow natural aesthetic. It's a very literal, yeah, yeah, trans translation of cottagecore. Yeah, it's like I feel like it's just because it's like it's got ruffles, it's got strawberries, it's like long and flowy. People are like cottagecore, and I'm like, I, I guess. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah, so it's like a long pink dress. It's got like these glittery strawberry appliques on it and it became really popular and then it turned out that like this celebrity Tess Holiday, um she was like it's funny how this dress is so popular now but like when she wore it in January for the Grammys people made fun of her and like she was put on the list of one of the worst dressed people likely because she was fat and then so it was just like really ironic that it became really popular later like the exact same dress that she was mm -hmm. put on the worst dressed list for, it became really popular when a bunch of skinny people wore it. 
But yeah, I remember seeing like that post and I felt so bad. Like, of course, like thin girl privilege, it's always been a thing and it's still like coming in strong, like whether Mm -hmm. people are conscious of it or not. And I hate it so much. Yeah. And also like another criticism of cottagecore is that like a lot of the fashion and like products because of course it's been you know appropriated by capitalism Mm -hmm. it's like the price tags are like exorbitantly high like that dress is 490 dollars and i don't i don't blame lyrica matoshi necessarily for that like i think i mean she came out with this dress before cottagecore took off during Mm -hmm. quarantine and all that so i'm not i don't think that she was like capitalizing on it she's just you know couture-ish designer but like since then a lot of other brands have come out with these cottagecore-esque clothes and pieces and products and it's like crazy expensive yeah i i personally like love the strawberry dress just because i I followed lyrica matoshi for a while yeah yeah what are what are some other kind of criticisms and controversies around it it's very white (laughs) Mm -hmm. like in an id article that i saw these tiktoks of white women in long dresses wandering through fields like connotes something different particularly for black americans Mm -hmm. and then to quote it's a tableau you just see white people moving through those spaces you don't see what's happening in the background like (gasps) that's so true right you know i think white people they kind of idealize this time before i don't know modern life and living on a farm and all that stuff but like they're not really thinking about like who did the actual work not them (laughs) yeah so like now on tiktok you know you see people like wandering through fields and it's like okay but like who's doing the work they're just pretending to do the work right and like this is something that i saw is that like marie antoinette like she would also pretend to be like a farmer she would like the i think the article was like she and her friends would like cosplay as farmers oh my god Um, so just for fun and so they just they have the privilege to pretend to be doing work while other people are doing the actual work i mean it sounds so ridiculous when you put it that way and yet like it's so prevalent now okay dang i yeah that reminds me of just how a lot of people romanticize I mean like when I think about all of those like adaptations like book ad- adaptations to movies like mm-hmm. Little Woman what was the other one that came out recently editing Issa here just wanted to jump in to say the movie I was thinking of was Emma by Jane Austen and other notable mentions include Pride and Prejudice and Atonement Mm-hmm. And it's like, in this time, people that look like me didn't have rights yet and did not have the opportunity. Like, there's no history of, like, people who look like me experiencing that kind of lifestyle. It is not, like, like, we're not revisiting, like, my history. It's, like, a white person's history. And I yeah. think that's, like, the joy of cottagecore sometimes is, like, if you're white, you can think, like, oh, yeah, that could have been me. Like, it's my grandparents doing it. But, like... You're right, like, who's actually doing, you know, the work behind the scenes, like, the, the hard labor. Like, yeah. It's, you know, people of color, likely, and... Yeah, yeah slaves. I don't know. Slaves, yeah. <laughs> like, let's just, or, like, let's just call it what it is. <laughs> yeah, it's slaves, or it's, like, um, I don't know, like, migrant workers. It's, yeah, like, 
braceros who came to California to pick tomatoes. Like, it's, yeah. But, you know, I've seen that, like, POC are, like, putting themselves back in the narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, black content creators. Yes. Are, like, putting themselves into cottage core and, like, representing. My my favorite black cottage core account right now is Black Forager. She's so awesome. She creates like really cool, like informative videos about how to mm. forage in your your local area, and she's just super cute. And I've yeah seen a lot of Asian people also reclaiming like cottage core too, like Lizzie Chi. She's Chinese, so that's yeah, that's fun. Can you call what she does cottage core? I guess like I don't think Lizzie Chi is a specifically cottage core creator, but I feel like the kind of stuff that she does. Is like pretty cottagecore in its, uh, yeah, like ethos. Yeah, it's reminiscent. Yeah, reminiscent. Yeah, so cottagecore has also like been adopted by two seemingly opposite and paradoxical groups that are both rejecting modernity but for different reasons. So another community that might not have typically been represented in like the cottagecore lifestyle or like aesthetic are like the lgbtq who like in real life are typically um kind of rejected from their communities Mm -hmm. for their identities and so they've kind of they're i think prevalent in cottagecore Mm -hmm. um especially like apparently lesbians and bisexual women Mm -hmm. They're, like, removing the stigma and stereotypes of traditional life from the aesthetics and culture of times past. Some suggest that cottagecore presents an ideal world in which young people are able to express their personality and identity freely in a rural space, contrasting the homophobia or transphobia faced by young people in rural areas. Oh. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, it's, like, it's just another way that they're putting the, they're also putting themselves back into the narrative mm-hmm. like i saw that you know some people like they grew up with this life like they grew up in a rural community and they enjoyed it mm-hmm. but they also felt like ostracized because of who they were and so this is them yeah. kind of like taking back their past yeah yeah on the other other end of that are like the trad wives or traditional wives oh. who are also <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I did not know that's what they were called. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's weird. Um, they reject modernity as well, but they're, they're rejecting modernity because of a loss of conservative values. And so, like, they are diametrically opposed to the LGBTQ because they are embracing the heteronormative lifestyle. You know, they're embracing <laughs> being submissive. And this is really funny to me, but they are also, like, embracing homemaking, which, like, I think Cottagecore is about homemaking. Yeah. But, like, it's about having fun doing it, whereas, like, with Tradwise, I think it's, like, this is our, this is our responsibility. We have to do this. Like, it's your duty. Yeah, yeah, it's their duty to do, like, to, you know, take care of the home and, like, raise children. Um, They're also about rejecting feminism. So they're, like, romanticizing the revitalization of traditional heteronormative gender roles for women. They're not, like, a part of the cottagecore community, per se. Like, I don't think 
they'd be like, oh yeah, what we do is cottagecore. Mm-hmm. But like, I just think that there's like interesting overlap between the two in terms of like embracing like history kind of mm-hmm. or like this idealized fantasy but for different reasons yeah like they're both reclaiming something and it's yeah. like opposite <laughs> <laughs> yeah like in the vaporwave episode i had also said that cottagecore had been appropriated by conservative women but like there's an article on medium that we can link that said that it's really been the domain of conservatives and traditionalists this whole time um we took it from them yeah i I was reading the article today and i think they were like trying to say like far right people really want to go back to a time before it's like make america great again yeah this is the again part of that yeah 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 i don't know the article like explained it a lot better than i can from the article is that like the cottage core impulse in americans is inseparable from the colonial impulse huh so colonial like like colonization or like colonial america like like colonization okay <laughs> yeah and then another another like interesting quote from the article is like when you describe everything in terms of aesthetics everything becomes completely malleable because you're talking about it as a simple husk that can be filled with whatever ideological content people see fit and the far right had a huge head start on imbuing meaning into the cottage when all of our politics and identity markers become nothing more than aesthetics without any actual ethical commitments behind the back of them everything is up for grabs for anyone to populate with meaning as they see fit as all of our aesthetic gestures will remain hollow. I mean, that's so true. Yeah. Like, I'm not backing up any of my aesthetics with any real action <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, we're just doing it for fun. And then, yeah. like, they're doing it because they believe this is the way things should be. You know what? I think that I was thinking about this earlier. Like, mm-hmm. earlier you were saying, like, it's just a fun thing to experiment with. It, And I was thinking in my brain, yeah, it's not like, it's not like a political party or anything. Like, we're not actually trying to do anything. Like, we're just yeah. here to have a good time. And yet, this makes total sense. Like, the people who are trying to turn this into, like, a political platform, that's the far right, and that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, another quote from the article is that, like, in the eco-fascist nationalist circles, there are those who, like, openly and intentionally uphold the Western and colonial Western colonialist and Eurocentric views as an ideal, as opposed to accidentally, as was the criticism for progressive cottagecore followers. Like, when you're looking at cottagecore as a whole, you're like, ooh, that's kind of, it's kind of white, kind of. Yeah. Kind of elitist. Yeah. And then, you know, most people are like, oh, you're right. Sorry. (laughs) We'll, like, try to be more inclusive. But there's, like, people out there who are like, uh, yeah, it should be that way. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of reminds me of this political comic I saw one time what it was called mm-hmm. whatever it's like one of those political comics in the newspaper and on one the left panel it was democrats and the right panel was republicans and it's yeah. like under each panel it's like a missile except for the democrats missile it's like covered in rainbows and it's oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah we yeah. love the gays or like something <laughs> <laughs> it's like in the end you're doing the same thing even if like on the surface I mean this is not it's not that similar but like no, I think it is. There's there is some relevance here. I mean, I feel like liberals 
kind of do the same thing, but they just know how to dress it up mm-hmm. better. Like, I feel like sometimes maybe we're not thinking critically about the things that we say. Yeah, I certainly don't. <laughs> <laughs> we're working on that. Yes, trying to be more thoughtful and mindful. Yeah, and then the final criticism, or like, I guess we already co- covered this, is it exists digitally. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess to end on a lighter note. Yay. <laughs> what What are some of our favorite favorite variants? of cottagecore. I know we covered all the food cores in our food cores episode, mm-hmm. but there are others that I think are pretty interesting. Yeah. I think my personal favorite is thoughtagecore. And <laughs> as you have remarked upon earlier, Lisa, my mm-hmm. aesthetic has been very consistent since high school. No yeah. matter how hard I try to experiment with my look and my tastes, they all just kind of lead back to this kind of feminine cottagecore style. Mm-hmm. But lately, as I've been kind of more comfortable with my sexuality and, like, just, like, being more confident in myself and, like, not mm-hmm. fearing whether people think about how proper I am or yeah. nice or whatever, like, yeah. I discovered from an influencer, like, we both follow called Cookie Catherine or mm-hmm. Cookie Cat dot Herin, mm-hmm. and her aesthetic is thoughtage core. And I thought, you know, that's a very, like, appropriate title for this like direction yeah. I want to take my aesthetic in so it's basically cottage core but with this slutty. a little bit of thought yeah it's like a slutty yeah. cottage core so it's like think very chunky knitted garments but with like a really thin crop top underneath mm-hmm. she has like a lot of thirst trap posts but they're still like <laughs> very whimsical and cute and yeah playful like how cottage core can be and she incorporates a lot of nature into her post to I don't know I just I love that aesthetic and I've been trying it out myself yeah I was going through her Instagram today and I I saw one or like a few of her images where she was wearing what I would call like a slutty prairie blouse (laughs) so think something like that basically yeah okay and she has this like post that I love it's where she's knitting this I don't know like a sweater maybe and mm-hmm. the picture is her kind of holding up the knitted piece to cover up herself, but she's like topless presumably. underneath. Yeah, yeah, presumably topless. I don't know. It just looks so sexy and like she's so cute and cool. And I don't know. I, I love her content. Yeah, it's like sexy grandma. <laughs> sexy grandma. That's exactly her, her aesthetic too. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I would say that she's kind of in a, a kid core phase right now. Let me see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's introducing more colorful items. Yeah. Preschool is also my aesthetic, too, a little bit. (laughs) Preschooler vibes. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, she definitely reminds me of you. (laughs) I aspire to be her. Uh, Some other variants, like cottage gore. So, like, a darker version of cottage core. Oh. Yeah, so it's, like, more witchy, more gothic. It's, like, spooky cottage. Yeah, yeah, spooky, spooky cottage core. Um, like some things that I found on the wiki were like, you know, rotten mushroom or plant aesthetics, forest cryptids. Oh. I love, I love a good cryptid. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, bones found in nature, rain and fog, thorn bushes, things like that. I think that's cool. Yeah, wait, that's awesome. And then there's also vapor cottage, which is more of like a joke aesthetic <laughs> that came from the aesthetics wiki. 
it's kind of combining vaporwave and cottagecore as like an experiment mixing the grounded earnest realistic escapism of cottagecore with the sar- surrealist sarcastic dystopian vaporwave and like someone described it as what you'd see after ingesting mushroom soup laced with xanax you start seeing a bunch of weird shit while away for a weekend in the cottage to go to get away from the big city and its rampant hyper-consumerism. <laughs> like, there were, like, descriptions that were, like, the radio that won't stop playing advertisements and the billboard in the farm field that haunts you as the light from the ad shines through your lace curtains. You know, you can't sleep because the giant Burger King ad illuminates your quiet cottage in the countryside and the gentle flicker of the lights of the fireflies triggers a sense of dread that the Christmas season is about to begin. This is so specific and I love it. It's so great. Whoever authored that is is A+. Yeah, it reminds me of like um, descriptions for like American Southern Gothic. Have you heard of that? Um... I heard of American Gothic. Yeah, it's basically American Gothic. Oh, okay. It's like, you know, you walk into like a gas station store, and the lights are flickering, and like you walk back out and you look in, but the cashier's not there anymore or <laughs> shit like that. It's just like kind of a spooky vibe. No, yeah, I Googled it and I got really scared, so I just closed immediately. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, like when I think of like what the aesthetic for Vapor Cottage would look like, I was thinking like, you know... Um, a picture of like a cottage in a field, like a grassy field with like maybe forests around it, but it's like glitching. Mm-hmm. So something like that maybe, but I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, this could have only been birthed on the internet during the yeah. pandemic, honestly. <laughs> like, ah, <laughs> oh, it's so a true cool. internet aesthetic. A true internet aesthetic. Yeah, it exists. Almost exclusively online. <laughs> <laughs> to close out this episode, there's a quote that I saw that said, What's wonderful about digital subcultures is that you can wake up one day and decide to live inside cottage core, to make tea with honey and stare at pictures of meadows, to mail a handwritten letter to a friend and buy too many plants. But there's no telling who you'll be in happily ever after. So, you know, today, cottage core. Tomorrow, I don't know. <laughs> That's a lovely quote. Thank you for sharing that, Lisa. Yeah. Thanks for listening to Internet Aesthetic. The music for this podcast is Rose Ornamental by Blue Dot Sessions. If you enjoyed listening, you can find us on Instagram at net.aesthetic or leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash internet aesthetic. We hope you join us again next week. Bye. Bye. Bye, Isa. Bye, Lisa.